Football Podcast. Just to finish off, um, Giorgio Chiellini. Uh, let's pay tribute to Giorgio Chiellini, who announced his retirement from football on Tuesday. He has, of course, spent the last two seasons at LAFC, uh, and he announced his retirement after uh, LAFC lost the MLS Cup final on Saturday. Um, so, from a Juventus point of view, this is somebody who is a Juventus legend, a symbol of Juventus, 18 years at Juventus, 561 appearances, the third most appearances in Juventus history, only uh, behind uh, Alessandro Del Piero and uh, Gigi Buffon. Um, trophies, incredible trophy hall, nine Serie A titles, five Coppa Italias, five Super Cups, uh, reached the Champions League final twice, 19 trophies in total for Juventus, only Buffon has won more trophies for Juve. So he is a Juve legend. He's a complete Juve legend. He will be remembered as um, a world-class defender, one of the best defenders in the world for for a decade or more, one of the best defenders of his generation in the world. Um, A fierce competitor, aggressive, physically strong, you know, brave, brilliant tackler, brilliant positionally and tactically. Outstanding in the air. He scored over 50 goals in his career, which is actually pretty impressive, I think, for a centre-back. Also, and I think he never got enough credit for this, deceptively good on the ball. Um, He was very good at breaking the press with a little burst up the pitch, even though he was, you know, sometimes come across as a bit awkward, technically, and even joked about that himself. But he made that little burst, that little break out from the press, which is so important, even in modern football. Um, so I think he's deceptively good uh, in that way on the ball. Um, but certainly, and I know you love this about him, Nimo, is that, you know, he's an old school defender. He's probably the last real... Furbo. Yeah, probably, yeah. The last, probably the last real old school Italian defender, isn't he, really? Mm. Yeah, he is. He's, he's uh, the old... Uh, of the of the old mould. We don't see yeah, him. Like yeah, with the Gentiles, the Ferrara, yeah. Cannavaro, you know, those kind of... They love defending. He loved defending. I mean, the mm. way that he would celebrate tackles, like scoring a goal, you know, the way, remember the way he celebrated that tackle in the dying minutes when Juventus knocked out Tottenham in the Champions League, uh, maybe it was 2018. For I mean, me, the hooking of Bukayo Saka is just the most quintessentially <laughs> Giorgio Chiellini thing. For me, that's just his career. Knowing what to do to stop a goal, get a yellow card and take one for the team is just, that is, I just love that. That is iconic. <laughs> it's yeah. just absolutely iconic. It was. He wasn't a dirty player. He was. No, no, no. No, Furbo isn't dirty. No. For me, dirty is is what Mourinho and Mancini are. You know, at Roma, that, that right now, and they, my, Mourinho never used to be dirty. Now his Roma are a dirty side uh, yeah. because he's completely mentally destabilized that club, but and, and the squad. But um, the, the Chiellini was never dirty. He was he was uh, hard. He played on the on the mm. on the you know like a Cherby's doing now on the just on the limit, mm. you know that that's not be playing dirty. That's that's just you know the dark arts to mm. to pay tribute to our prem face friends um, <laughs> that they love to use. That is different. That that's that's yeah. different. Dirty but a man marker. I mean a fantastic man marker. I mean, it's again you don't get man <laughs> markers really in the. I mean yeah. the Cherby's are good. Maybe the Cherby's the last one actually. But yeah, yeah. but 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 Chiellini, the, the I mean a man marker in an age of zonal marking. I mean, you just don't get man markers anymore today. And I mean, he had some great battles against some, some great attackers. I mean, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I mean, I think he was Zlatan's bogeyman 
Zlatan rarely, if ever, got the better of him. He would always no. seem to do brilliant against him. Luis Suarez, of course, that famous Bison <laughs> incident. Um, yeah, he knew all his all the all the tricks in the book, like you said. Uh, and he was a winner as well. He was a winner, uh, and he was a leader. I mean, one of the best leaders of his generation. I mean, he embodied everything about what it meant to be a leader, what to be a captain. He was a warrior on the pitch, and he's somebody that you you know you said about Calabria earlier in the show about mm, what leadership. what it means to be a captain. I mean. You had Chiellini as your captain. You would stand by and you would die for him in battle. Um, I mean, he he led by example. Um, but also of his class off the pitch as well. I mean, on the pitch, you know, I think sometimes he can be mistaken for being this kind of hard man brute who had this really winner cost mentality, which I guess is true in some facets, as you've just explained. But let me tell you from experience, he is one of the good guys in football. I mean, off the pitch, he was such a lovely person or is such a lovely person. He's so generous with fans, with the media. I mean, I can't remember covering a Tottenham versus Juventus game a few years ago and Tottenham won the game. And after the game, he spent 30 minutes, probably more than 30 minutes with the media, with the fans, just talking to them, laid back, smile on his face, so relaxed. Um, and, you know, this is a game Juventus had just lost. And he, I mean, he was, he was such a lovely, such a lovely person. Um, so generous. Um, but he also believed that what happened on the pitch should stay on the pitch. Um, and mm. I just remember how he behaved after Luis Suarez bit, bit him infamously. I mean, he said after that game that Suarez, you know, he called for Suarez not to be punished and for this vicious, you know, this big campaign that it was against Suarez. And obviously he got a long ban, didn't he, for that Suarez. And he was saying that, you know, let's not all punish him like we are and victimise him. You know, he, he, you know, he said he understood it. He, and this was despite Italy being knocked out mm. because of it. I mean, Suarez should have been sent off. Uruguay should have gone down to 10 men. Italy qualify from the group and go through to the last 16 in that World Cup. Well, you know, this is what I mean about respecting your opponents in Italian football. But this is, this is something that I really, you know, this isn't this that I absolutely love about Italian football to tie back what I said, that you, there's, a, there's a lot of madness, there's a lot of stupidity. But overall... You always respect your opponent. What happens on the pitch stays on the pitch. You don't take it too far. You you show grace in victory and defeat, um, and uh, you know, and and that's that, that's why I feel that how I feel about Chiellini off the pitch was exactly that uh, a gentleman, uh, a, a very a very classy guy. Um, so no, it's he he is one of the yeah great a great ambassador for Juventus and for for Italian football um, and. You know the best, the best Italian and Serie A defender I think has to be over the last fifteen years. I mean, since oh. I think since the since the Cannavaro, Nesta, Zanetti, Turam, Maldini generation, I don't think. I don't I think, think Barzagli gives him a run for his money, but I would probably agree that in terms of Italian uh, defenders, it's difficult to to argue with that. Well, I think Italian and Serie A. I mean, he was mm. he was named three times. He was three times Serie A defender of the year before the award was scrapped in 2011. And then since then, he was in Serie A team of the season five times after that. So we let's say eight times. He was eight years 
he was in the Serie A team of the season. I mean, no one's, no one else is going to be. I mean, Koulibaly, I guess, um, was was fantastic. Koulibaly, as well. Kim Min Jae, yeah, Kim Min Jae, one year. I mean, we're talking about yeah. you know longevity. We're talking twenty yeah. years. We're talking Thiago Silva for me. I think was unbelievable. Walter Sam. I mean, it depends on how long you want to go. But if you look at his career and how during his peak, you're probably right. I think Barzali. Over a, a long period, yes, I think yeah. there's no doubt. Over, if you want to narrow it down to who was the best at their peak, then yeah, there's more of a debate over a shorter period. I mean, Thiago Silva was great. Walter Samuel fantastic I mean probably going a little bit further back with yeah. Samuel aren't you but yeah, yeah the last kind of let's say 10 years or 12 to 15 years uh, and yeah. of course Italy legend uh, an Italy legend I yes mean, no doubt um, 117 caps fifth, fifth most in the history of the Italy national team played in two World Cups four Euros and of course gave us One. that crowning moment he captained Italy to win Euro 2020 the age of nearly 37 and was absolutely brilliant in that tournament, especially in the knockouts, the wins against Belgium, Spain and England. And so many iconic moments in that tournament. One in particular, which you've mentioned, putting yeah, Saka back. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I love the mind games with Jordi Alba. In, yeah. In the, the penalty shootout toss-up. Yeah. I thought mean, well, that was great. Shithousery, man. Like he's... <laughs> yeah. And he's one of, those players, one of those players that kind of, it was great to see him win that tournament because... He'd yeah. never won one of the, you know, like the major, major yeah. continental tournaments. You know, yeah. you know, whether it's a World Cup, a Euro or a Champions League. You always feel a bit sorry when there's a great legendary player that doesn't win one of those three. And obviously he failed to win two Champions Leagues with Juventus. And obviously there was no chance of winning a World Cup with the way Italy had been in the World Cup. But so it was lovely to see him win it. Uh, and um, of course, the legendary partnership with Bonucci, the BBC with Basali and Buffon behind him. I mean... Those four did so many great things together. Uh, and of course, went close to winning Euro 2012. They excelled at Euro 2016. I think the one regret, as with all Italians, is the World Cup performances during Chiellini's career. Not him, but Italy. I mean, two failed World Cup qualifications in a row. Um, it's funny week. that, how Verratti and him and, and, and Marchisio to a certain extent as well, like three fantastic talents, world-class players, who played in an Italy during the Italian national team's probably darkest days. Um, yeah. Of course, Verratti and Chiellini were able to to win something and salvage something uh, from you know winning the Euros. But it's mm. interesting. It's interesting. No, absolutely. Legendary career, and we'll see what happens to him next. I think he'll return to Juventus. I think that's, yeah, I think that's, so, that's yeah. a guarantee. Sooner. Pretty soon, I would say. Yeah, I think Within the next year or two, I think he'll be back at Juventus. In, I think a, so as well. In a I director think, role or ambassador, or, or not ambassador role, more important role than that, but yeah. Yeah, I think he's, if you're going to build a new Juve with somebody who people respect and also is a nice guy, I think he is almost a shoe-in to work for Juve, this new Juve, no doubt. Yeah, I think that's an absolute guarantee and it's what he wants as well. You said that in a in an interview in which he also said that West Ham were better than anyone else. Oh. We'll let him off. We could, we all have our, our off days. Uh, don't we? We'll <laughs> let him off for that. <laughs> we'll let him off for that. Um, okay. Right. Um, God, we can't make him prem face of the week, can we? Um, we can. We absolutely can. But we'll, we won't do it on the week where he, where he retires. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we won't. Um, right. Right. 